Courage to Coach with Coach Terry Hayes and Dr. Lee Balcom, supporting you as you make an impact in the world through coaching. Brought to you by Impact Coaching Academy. Welcome. I'm with Terry Hayes, and we're talking all things coaching. And today we're focusing in on what is the difference between skill and method. Now, we've talked for the last couple of, of sessions about you know these programs we might uh, be presenting, and even talked about frameworks last time. So we're going to dive in a little bit deeper on where the, these other pieces are. So what is the difference, Terry, between skill and method? So. I'm going to make it, this is going to be a short conversation, (laughs) right? I'm just going to state, I'm just going to say, this is what it is. Good night, everybody. Um, So a method is your recipe and skills are the skill of the cook who's using it. So when you look at the difference and it's important, by the way, that we look at the difference because we don't want to tangle it up and misattribute um, kind of misweight the uh, balance of energy that you have to put into the two things. But when you look at what you do as a coach or how you build your business or how you market or anything that you do, if you have a process, a formula, a recipe, that's your method. I had a colleague who had a method for building his business at the same time he was building his skills. His method was he would uh, got got in touch with a day spa near his home. He would walk down there every, every week for a year. And he put up a little sign and said, you know, free complimentary laser coaching sessions. The place set him up a little table and, you know, that sort of thing. And that was part, that was his method. This is how I'm going to expand my skills and grow my business. I'm going to just be consistent for a year and offer these laser coaching sessions. And then he added to his method. This is how I'm going to follow up. Then he added to his method again. This is how I'm going to bring more people to the day spa to take advantage of these things and so on and so on. So each, each piece he kept adding was part of the process. The skills were as he did this over the course of a year, he became better at listening, better at honing in on what was meaningful and important to the people he was talking to better at asking questions that sort of took their breath away, which in turn made him better at closing them to come and work with him as a coach. So one is the, one is the recipe, but the other is the skill of the cook. Both important. (laughs) Yeah. I just had this nostalgia. I, I, lost track of laser coaching as a term. <laughs> Did you have like, a moment? It's oh. <laughs> a Thomas oh, Leonard moment, coaching. right? <laughs> yeah. Laser coaching, and which is, by the way, a method. Yes, it is. As a matter of fact, a uh, good colleague, uh, companion of, of mine, Marion Franklin, just put just recently put out a beautiful book about laser coaching. So mm. yay, laser coaching. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, if we use the... Um, the cooking analogy, a method of preparing uh, something, sauteing is a method. Correct. 
Dicing but is a method. Dicing is a method, but there are some skills skill. to do that. <laughs> yes. Amen. Yeah. So, you, so I mean, and the fact is that you and I might both saute something, but you probably be a darn better job sauteing it than me because of the <laughs> skill set associated with it is different. Yeah. And, and it's really true. And I think the other thing is, is that as your skills increase, your fluidity with methods increase. So the ability for you to infuse your methods, aka recipes, to infuse your methods with more of your own unique personality, more of leaning into the strengths that you bring because of your skill development um, makes those methods really pop. I mean, let's talk like, again, cooking, I'm going to hold a cooking thing. Let's talk macaroni and cheese. There's mm. about a bazillion different ways you can do, you know, macaroni and cheese. And there's a big difference between the blue box craft and Paula Dean, right? There's like a big difference in there um, for how macaroni and cheese turns out. And it's not like somebody pre-published 900 different mac and cheese recipes. What happened is somebody took the basic recipe, developed their skills and confidence around it, and started to experiment and started to say, hmm, what would happen if? And would it be better if? And could it be different if? And does it meet my taste better if? And that's where the application of skills and methods marries and creates new wonderful dimensions to things like the authenticity in your coaching. So method, it would is coaching a method? Yes. I believe that there are many coaching methods out mm -hmm. there, right? There's we call them models or templates or there's a lot of different, you know, terminologies for them. And and as we said in the previous episode, you know, like the core competencies absolutely can be seen as a method. Right. You do this and this and it kind of flows together and creates this beautiful symmetry. But it's not a one size fits all. Right. This is what makes coaching. You know, if I were to pull out my little soapbox for a second, coaching is powerful because it's self-help with help. If self-help worked alone, everybody would just, you know, we would have published one book. Everybody would read it and it'd be done. But self-help fails because of a lack of connection and perspective that an outside partner brings. That's coaching. So the method of coaching is universal. It's self-help with help, sharing perspectives and sort of, you know, bringing a flashlight and shining light on important kind of rough edges. So is there a fundamental method to it? Yes. Are there a million and a half different methods? Yes. <laughs> yes and yes. Yeah. It, it, so as you're talking, I, um, you know, my natural departure point now is jujitsu. <laughs> jujitsu. <laughs> right. And, and so it occurs to me that they're, you know, I'll go to class mm -hmm. and they're teaching the technique. Mm -hmm. And so there's a method of jujitsu and there are all these techniques, but the skill level varies from person to person. And I would go. You so all even have belts that say that. <laughs> yeah, but the belts don't always matter. As I, <laughs> I can assure you. <laughs> there's still a skill level within the belts. <laughs> they theoretically hold up our pants, but yes. <laughs> I don't even do that. But so they're more of a nuisance. Actually, if you want to know what a belt does for the most part, is it allows somebody a chance to adjust it while they're catching their breath. <laughs> oh, oh, there's a method to 
tying. Yeah, you're, you're retying and you're going, oh, you're just catching your breath. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah so, but back to my thing. So <laughs> here I am in class um, and, you know, they're teaching something and, and the skill of somebody to teach it. Mm-hmm. There's a method, right? It's a stated sure. method. And that same method is taught all over. But the skills brought by a particular instructor can vary greatly. And that skill may or may not have something to do with how good they are at the move as much as how they are at translating the move. Correct. As a matter of fact, uh, one of the things I learned early on in uh, presentations, just doing public speaking, acting, performing, facilitating, etc., is how to modulate my voice, how to slow things down, how to speed things up, you know, when pace and, and tempo matter. And so someone saying, okay, what everybody needs to do now is listen, and then blah, 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 versus, okay, now everybody listen, mm-hmm. right? If you, if you use, there's a skill to using your voice to create disruption. It's the exact same process in any method. You're using something to create disruption. So if you want your, going back to cooking, you want to flip the egg over, you have to have the skill to do it in a way that gets you the disruption you want versus egg splatter on the backsplash, Mm -hmm. (laughs) right? And if you're in coaching, you have to use the disruption of a question, of a pause, of silence to create the disruption that brings the focus to something different, right? Mm -hmm. That's what it does is it, it disrupts the blah, 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 that goes on when we're just kind of processing and goes, hold up, hmm, what's that? And so this, the skill of recognizing the power of those little nuances and how you use them consciously versus unconsciously, that's, that's the skill and it impacts the method dramatically. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm curious on what you think about this. That it sounds like mastery when you're moving into mastery, at some point, it's no longer about the method. The method is is there, right? Correct. It's the background. It's the skills that you're honing, that you're changing, that you're adjusting that lead to mastery. 100%. I absolutely believe that. I think that once the fundamental methods are established in your mind and you're comfortable with, with the fact that they do the work, the rest of it is your skills. The rest of it is the talent, uh, the personality, and the the use of your skills, conscious use of your skills that makes it. Uh, and so one of the things that we do in classes is we help our students pay attention to their own, like what they're bringing, right? Their own stuff. Because it doesn't matter what the method is. If you're operating in sheer terror, you're, the method's going to fail you. It's the truth. I mean, and you know, they do. They show up and they're like, I'm afraid I'm going to say the wrong thing. Yeah. And you're laughing, but only because it, it's painfully true. true. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so they're terrified. They're like, oh, this client's going to think I'm stupid or, oh, this client's problem won't be solved by me within one session, even though they've had it for 20 years or, you know, like yeah. all the pressure we put on ourselves. The method is never going to help you with that. The method isn't going to get your back when you're feeling nervous. What's going to get your back when you're feeling nervous is your own confidence in your skills. 
confidence in your ability to say, you know what, even if this method falls apart and the whole session goes sideways, my acronym, EGBOC, everything's going to be okay. <laughs> EGBOC. We, so, and we, you know, we were talking about that confidence loop earlier. Yeah. And, um, and that's so, you know, it's so to project that out, you know, somebody who's terrified of making a mistake is not likely to make a mistake because they're never going to stretch at all. Correct. They're never going to coach. They're never going to go into business. They're never going to follow their dream. They're never going to whatever. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's, so back to jujitsu. Um, mm-hmm. So one of the things that often happens once you get past, past the basic level is, you know, they teach you all these new techniques. And when push comes to shove, and I mean that literally, <laughs> yeah, I was say. you're right back to the old techniques that, you know, and so one of the things that we were talking about the other night is, um, you know, if you don't try a new technique, it's never going to become your new technique. If you don't stretch into that, are you going to do it perfectly the first time? No, no. but you're never going to do it and you're never going to perfect it if you never try it, you know, if you never step out and, and try it, which, which to say to do that responsibly, um, you know, if you if you're doing something that um, you think, wow, how is that going to affect my client? And and there's a piece of you going, this could really cause some damage. Now, I'm I'm even having a hard time coming up with what that would be. But yeah, in in, in uh, not coaching and suddenly going into lecture mode or something. Something, yeah, and and so you um, you know you avoid something because you don't want to do damage. First of all, it's, you, there's always a chance to go. Hey, you know what? I just misspoke. Yeah, <laughs> let's try that again. Hold up. <laughs> yeah, um, and I think one of the things that often happens is that we're afraid we're going to lose a client. You know, that's one of the things that drives this fear. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things I always remind myself is, of course, I'm going to lose a client. Thank you for saying it exactly <laughs> that way. Because that, that's, uh, this is why I adore you so much is because that's exactly my thinking. I'm like, oh, what if I get rejected? Wait, of course I'm going to get rejected. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What if I lose a client? Of course I'm going to lose a client. That's yeah. part of the part of what you do, you know? Yeah. Uh, and over time, you have a collection of clients I mean, and you lose them. You may lose them because you've done everything you can for them. Right. And yeah. it's time for them to move on. Yeah. And and it it's entirely probable that if you met them again and under different circumstances five years later, maybe you wouldn't lose them right then because your mm-hmm. skills would be different. Mm-hmm. But that's not the way reality works. Right. <laughs> right? The woulda, coulda, shouldas don't count ever. Um, I really take that in, folks. <laughs> that's mm-hmm. like, write that one down. Woulda, coulda, shoulda doesn't count ever. Um, because we are where we are and, and all of us are at a different point on our journey, whether you're 10 days into your coaching journey or 10 months or 10 years, it's a constant evolution. This is not a profession where you just learn more methods like, oh, I'm going to learn 87 methods, keep them all sharply, you know, polished and in my head so I know which one to bust out at just the right moment it's much more likely you're going to learn about three methods and you're going to get better in your skills so don't chase methods or this is martial arts day for me but Bruce Lee (laughs) yeah oh my gosh that's so funny I just I just got one of his books on audible for the exact philosophy reason I'm sure you're about to put out yeah so one of his his things is he says I don't fear the man who knows 10,000 kicks I fear the man who has practiced one kick 10,000 times yeah yeah because that one's gonna get you that's the one to get you 
Yeah, it's true. And that's, that's the whole thing is um, when we come into coaching or, or wherever, whatever level you're at currently in coaching, whether like I said, 10 days, 10 months, 10 years, um, your next level most overwhelmingly likely is going to be a skill jump, not a methods jump. And mm-hmm. so if you're feeling, and this is kind of the the reason I think this conversation is so important for coaches in general, is, is if you're feeling like you have to learn all the methods, memorize all the methods, because that's what's going to make you super valuable and able to work coaching miracles. That's eh, not exactly how that works. It actually works. Start with one method and get past an intermediate level with that before you even bother to add the second one. Now, I'm not saying you have to go all the way to mastery and then add the next one, although you could, but at least get past an intermediate level with one level and then, or with, you know, one method and then think about adding a second method. Um, I have seen far too often being a coach educator for the number of years that I have been, Uh, people who certificate chase. Mm -hmm. And so they're chasing one certification after another certification after another, because they think it's going to bring them confidence and credibility. And what they do is they wind up with 16 different certifications, but no confidence that they actually have any skill in any of them. (laughs) And then they... They end up with methods that are at war with each other, you know, but agree with each other. It's true. That yeah. was, I use at, at uh, therapist conventions, I would talk to people and I'm like, oh, what method do you use? And they're like, oh, I'm an eclectic. And I'm like, oh, crap. That means you know nothing about yeah. a lot. Shoot. <laughs> you haven't dug down yeah. about one specific thing. Um, and so then they start telling me their approach. And I'm like, you, can you not see that those two things are mutually exclusive theory bases? And that's the problem with method chasing. Yes. You, know, you end up with they're, they're at odds with each other. Mm-hmm. The skills, you may gain some skills in there that translate over, but the methods may not. Yeah, absolutely. And the, the overarching skill of knowing when to use what method, mm-hmm. how to merge methods and when to release and discard methods isn't in the methods mm-hmm. that's in your actual skills. And so yeah. one of the things I would say, you know, is we're, you know, what, what can our listeners do? Like if I was going to give you guys an activity to go say play with this is go look at how many methods you have because you probably already have a couple. And if you don't, you might be in training looking to get some. That's great. So before you go forward, how would they identify that they've got what methods? What would they, what would be the signs that this is a method versus this is a skill? Well, so, so if it's a recipe that says, I do this, 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 or it sounds a lot like what we talked about in our previous episode on frameworks, Mm -hmm. (laughs) then that's probably a method, right? But the skill level is, is how consistently am I able to influence the direction? How consistently am I able to influence a disruption? Mm-hmm. So how do we evaluate that? If you are currently coaching, wait till the end of your session, just as it ends, your client walks away or hangs up or disconnects or however you're coaching. And you just ask yourself, what didn't I say? Mm. Just give yourself that one question and see what comes up. and then. Ask yourself, 
where did I feel I was chasing? See what comes up. And where did I feel I held back or struggled? You know, there's a struggle and see what comes up. Those areas are skill, like little flash, little neons, right? I'm over here. <laughs> I'm over here. And those are, those are how you know that you need to grow some in your skills. The method is the method is the method is the method, mm -hmm. right? It's, it's sort of like my, my other departure point. You have jujitsu. I have cooking, driving, and <laughs> construction. I'm a weird girl. <laughs> so if you're going to build a deck <laughs> underneath the boards that you choose, there's always the same foundation right? It's always the same. All of your pilings go down into concrete or some sort of a substance that's going to hold them in place. I mean, there's the underpinnings of a deck have been the same since the dawn of decks. And, you know, whether you choose to stain it a different color or make it a certain size or use a certain, you know, special wood, it's the, the underpinnings are the same. And the same is true with methods. So once you understand the method, it's just a process the rest of it is you and that's skill that's skill personality that's the infusion of your authenticity so the to use the deck analogy the deck's got the foundation it's gonna right. be boards it's got the you know right. the support that's your and method. all those pieces that's the method but mm -hmm. the skills are gonna be how pretty it looks on top and how long it takes you to build skills. it and how long it'll take you to build it too, right? And how much wasted wood there is. Correct. From... Yeah, it's all yeah. of that. Yeah. How, how many pairs of pants you ruin? <laughs> how many saw blades you go through? Mm. How many times you go back to Home Depot for the wrong screws? Yeah. <laughs> all yeah. of the things that... How many angles actually meet? Yes, know? exactly. <laughs> <laughs> all of those things are the difference between somebody who is a master level and somebody who is just starting out. And there is value at building a deck when you're just starting out. There is. There really is. Learning to do it poorly like, just shows that you have enough of an intention in your own growth and enough passion in the project to say, I want this bad enough that I'm willing to be kind of terrible at it for a little while till I get better. Mm -hmm. You know, that's part of the learning period is I think people are more drawn towards methods because they just go, oh, I just need to memorize it. Once I memorize it, I'm golden, right? Well, yeah, but if you don't have the skills to back it up, then <laughs> to use the deck metaphor, what you have is a big old pile of wood and some intimidating looking tools. Have fun. Mm -hmm. You know, um, it's the skills that give you the confidence to look at that pile of wood and go, I know what I can make. I know how to do this, mm -hmm. right? And so that's, that to me is how we know the difference between a method and a skill and um, why I hope people, people really want to invest in um, skills over methods. Not to say methods aren't important, but invest in skills over methods. The method almost, I mean, if, if there's going to be skills attached, there's already a method. You know there's a method yeah. there. Right. Mm -hmm. And then after that, it's gaining the skills. So you don't start um, building decks on the, with the third story deck that's huge. You start with the first story. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Something deck. you can just put out in the grass and be done. <laughs> a, a small deck that's not going to endanger anything and, and this doesn't have to Absolutely. look so beautiful. Right. Well, and so let's go back to my colleague who went to the um, day spa every single week for a year. 
They were laser sessions. They were 20 minutes in length. When you're first starting out, that's what that's what's called a control factor, folks, <laughs> is if you're nervous, then give yourself this, this like, I'm going to go down there for four hours. I'm going to coach however many people I can coach for 20 minutes apiece. There's not a lot at risk in 20 minutes. Like that's, that's what you call a safe practice. That's a way to practice safely. What you don't do is sign a year-long contract with somebody whose life is in so much chaos that it's, you know, hard to even see which direction is up and you convinced them to sign up. That's high risk mm -hmm. because that's, that's like a whole different beast. And as we as we work in skills i think that i my my hope right my hope is is that differentiating between skills and methods making sure that you're focusing on skills over methods with full appreciation to methods but skills over and a willingness to practice and we're going to talk about that at an upcoming session because it's already on our agenda because practice is such an important piece to this yeah yeah that's you know so you said it would be a short uh, session and here we are. <laughs> yeah, I know. And here we are. It, it turns out there's a whole lot to say about this. <laughs> it's true. It's true. And, and I know we're going to continue it. Like I said, in that whole practice piece, because that's such a huge piece is, is having the courage to practice. Hmm. That's what it is. Right. Let's think that it takes courage to go out there and don the gi and get on the mat and, and, you know, <laughs> Keep losing. Keep losing. And it <laughs> takes courage to say, yep, I'm going to go out and I'm going to build the deck or cook the recipe, right? There's courage that is involved in doing anything new, anything that you're not masterful at. There's courage that's involved in that. And if you don't lock into your courage and get out there and do it, you're never going to have the confidence you're looking for. Yeah. Yeah. The path to confidence goes through confidence that goes through courage. Yep, absolutely. Well, and here we are. And here we are. <laughs> no, no final thoughts for me. I'm good. Take it away, sir. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I think that I, we've final thoughted it all the way through. So the big thing here is um, to be aware that there is a method you're using and you don't have to have 100 methods. Mm -mm. You don't even have to have 50 or mm -mm. 20 or 10 or even Seven. five. <laughs> yeah. You might not even need two, but you do have a method. And then the task after that is the mastery of the skill set, the skills within that. And that uh, that's a good word and a good exercise to think through, you know, what, where are the skills and, and how am I doing and how do I improve that, which we'll continue that discussion. Absolutely. All right, Terry. Nice conversation. You too. Bye, everybody. Bye. Thank you for joining us today. Courage to Coach is brought to you by Impact Coaching Academy. Experience ICA with our growing library of free materials, then chart your own specific training plan at impactcoaching.academy. There's more exciting conversation by coaches for coaches on the way with Coach Terry Hayes and Dr. Lee Balcom. Be sure to join us as we support you in your courageous effort to make an impact. I'm Vince Hayes, your humble announcer. Take care.